to go over today in the book of Ruth, chapter 2, as we're in a series of Ruth now. First and foremost, I want to start by talking a little bit about um, the process that I go through when I'm, I'm, I'm actually learning and reading and reading the commentaries and reading the other scriptures that go along with these chapters. And I want to do this to give you guys an idea of what I go through um, as your pastor, as your servant unto God. And it's in part that I want to talk today to help take some of the pressure that I put upon myself um, to get these passages correct every time. I was really nervous um, about doing this, but... As I talked to God and prayed and everything, I just felt the peace about coming to you guys and giving you guys a little uh, sliver of what I go through in my life on a weekly and daily basis because I wasn't one that graduated from seminary. I feel very blessed to come alongside Dr. Stokes and the teachings that he has for us. But I'm also not a pastor that sits in an office for 40 to 60 hours a week studying to preach on what I have to teach you guys on a weekly basis. I'm a person that actually works 50 to 60 hours a week to provide for my family. And on top of that, we're trying to start a counseling business um, so that Kara can stay home and be there for our daughters. So... My studying, even though I've went through Ruth quite a bit um, over the past few years and preparing for this series, is probably not to the extent as somebody that has that 40 or 50 hours to devote on a weekly basis. And I do this to share with you guys, um, after last time we talked about Balaam, and I referred to him as an Israelite, and he wasn't. And we talked about that, and I love how Christy... And Cindy talked to him as a hired hand for cursing the Israelites. Um, So I just wanted to share with you so I can actually take some of that, um, some of that expectation off of myself. And I appreciate that in this house, in in this family, because you guys can understand. Um, I sat here this week and um, prayed. I usually light the eternal light, and I'll sit here and I'll pray. And as I was praying, I I told God, I said, you didn't correct me in what I was about to teach. And um, as I'm praying that, instantaneously, there was a reminder in my mind that He did. And it came from you guys. It came from a loving family that said, I don't know if you exactly got this right, because what we studied, and I thought... It is that correction. It is that family. And that's why we're here. So, I feel much lighter now that I've come across that way and shared that with you guys. Um, So, we'll move on to Ruth chapter 2 as we go forward. But I also want to say, I'm going to utilize my my teachings as more of like a small group because we're not a huge five or six hundred people church. So there's going to be a few questions that I ask you at the beginning of each uh, teaching to be looking for that I can get some feedback from you guys. Because when it's quiet afterwards, it's really hard 
to uh, gauge what I taught and what you guys took in. So there's three questions that I would love for you guys to think about that I'll ask you afterwards. And I'll tell you two of them. We'll get to the third one in a little while. One, can you see how God cared for his two daughters as they put their trust in him as we go through the passages? And two, were were there something more you picked up in today as we studied the chapter two of Ruth? So I'll ask you those guys... I'll ask you guys those questions as we go through this afterwards. But I want to pick up in Ruth 1, verse 22, because it kind of gives a setting for chapter 2. First of all, I want a raise of hands. How many of you guys have been around a farming community um, and know what crops look like as you go? So we have a few, but I also have a few people. So I'll uh, kind of share my experience as we go through these passages too because growing up in bakersfield growing up a welder's son a, a grandfather owned a business for all the farmers in the area i saw the crops and i can recognize them even as we go through today as karen and i go through bakersfield so 122 has a setting it says say so naomi returned and with her ruth the moabite her daughter-in-law who returned from the land of moab And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. Just as I shared last time, we all know that. We just went through the counting of the Omer. And I can imagine as they were going through, how many of you have been through Bakersfield? Okay, almost everybody. If you went over I-5, you've been through Bakersfield somewhat. And you can look off to the right, and you can actually see at certain times of the year the crops growing. That's beautiful to me even though Debbie and Kara may not like the smell at times, because they have to go to Tulare with Matt. Um, It's beautiful to me, and I can recognize those crops. And I can actually tell Kara, as we go back there, that's cotton, that's carrots, oh, those are potatoes. And yes, that stuff that looks like snow is actually garlic. Um, So I would imagine Ruth and Naomi coming into Bethlehem Returning back home, Ruth was pointing out the fields, saying, this is barley, this is wheat. Guess what? That barley and that harvest there is a relative of Elimelech, your father-in-law who has passed. I can see that happening. <clears throat> and then in two one, we see, says, Now Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after one in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she departed and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the portion of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. So right there we noticed that Ruth is asking to go glean. Let me go gather some food. We don't have a lot. We're two widows sitting here. And um, let me go work. What I want to point out here is what we read a little bit earlier in Leviticus 9. The gleaners, actually, uh, it's in the scriptures. So you have all these harvesters, and the gleaners would come behind 
the hired hands who were picking up the good crops. And they would pick up what was left behind. And what you actually see, and you can only imagine, if they're picking up the small little pieces of grain, something that small, they would have to definitely be uh, doing this all day to get very much at all. But, let me kind of explain this to some of you guys, of what would happen. And in Bakersfield, around April, you can actually see some wheat, and some barley, and some different things. This actually just goes up to right about the knee, but sometimes you can see the harvesters, and the harvest is about waist high. And what you see here, Today, you actually see a bunch of machines. But back then, they would be going through. And as you can tell, even as I place them there, there's small little pieces that are falling off. And Ruth is saying, let me go and just pick up those spare pieces so we have something to eat, Naomi. But the harvesters, <clears throat> they're coming through with these big sickles and just cutting them and placing them actually in not bags, but probably some plots. <clears throat> and they would do something similar to this. This is just a shirt. But as they're doing this, <clears throat> they're carrying them. The people with the sickles are cutting these left and right. And they're putting them in bags like this. Can you see how things are going to fall off here? There's going to be some leftovers, and they would tie them up. This is going to be important as we go through the passages in the days, in the passages later on. And they tie them up, and they carry them off. Things would also break off further along the way. You might find some pretty good ears of the grain there. So that is what it means in Leviticus 19, 9, and 10, where it says, Now when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very corners of the field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest, nor shall you glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather the fallen fruit, that is the fallen grain, for you're supposed to leave it. You shall leave them for the needy and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. That is what Ruth is pointing out there. Let me go and harvest this. We need this, Naomi, please. Let me go and do this for us. Which actually made me think of the 2 Thessalonians passage, 3.10-12, through where it says, For even when we were with you, We used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. For we hear that some among you are leading an undiscipled life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Now such a person we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to work in quiet fashion and eat their own bread. You see... Ruth, being brought, uh, being married into this, had to have heard about this passage. Not the New Testament, but knowing that she could go glean 
and provide for her mother-in-law. And in the New Testament, we're told, if you're not willing to do this, then you're not going to be given anything. We see the correlations between all these passages and Ruth going out here to glean from the harvest. So, let's go on to verse 4, where we see Boaz. So, we, we have Ruth in the field. She's coming behind the reapers who have all the good stuff, and she's picking up the field. And Boaz, let me share this with you. The, at the farms that I went to, all the farm um, owners, they all drove white Chevys, or some drove Fords, but okay. <laughs> but uh, everybody would know when the owners were coming up, and there would be chatter. Hey, the boss is coming. You better get to work if you're sitting around or whatever it is. Here we actually see Boaz coming and talking to the, the field manager. And we see at the beginning, as Boaz walks up, he says, Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, May the Lord bless, be with you. And the people said to him, May the Lord bless you. So, this is a different greeting. It wasn't just a hello, but it's an acknowledgement of who their God is. So let's practice this a little bit. I'll, I'll do the Boaz piece and you guys do the piece of the workers. May the Lord bless be with you. You guys are weak. Come on. Okay, well, good job. Let's practice this again. Can you imagine if we're greeting one another in this way? May the Lord be with you. How awesome would that be as we greet one another in the Lord this way every time we acknowledge who He is as we come together. I can't imagine a bunch of people. Can you? I can't fathom hundreds and hundreds of workers as Boaz comes up because you have the reapers and it's by hand. There's no tractors. May the Lord be with you and He gets this in return. And all the gleaners would be there gathering those two. And the only reason they're allowed there to pick that up is because God has cared for His people that are poor. He has set this in mind for them. So, after that blessing and greeting from Boaz and his workers, we see, then Boaz said to his his servant who was in charge, the field manager, whose young woman is this? So he recognizes other people, but he didn't recognize Ruth at this point. And the servant says, she is a young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the land of Moab. Now, interesting, he didn't have to point out who Naomi was. There was probably a population of five or 6,000 people in this area. And if you're talking to one another, you would know who she was. And because Naomi was part of his family from Elimelech, there must have been discussions among the family as well. So we see here that uh, in the next few verses that he recognizes who it is. The commentators even talk about um, Naomi's husband and sons being murdered back in, in Moab which would have been a pretty big deal if she's coming back, and I imagine that would actually be talked about in the family. So I just wanted to point that out. So, and the, the field manager says, 
She came to me and said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. Thus she came and has remained from the morning until now. She has been sitting in the house for a little while. So, now, being from Bakersfield and seeing the grapes gathered, you know that they have little areas where there's water and there's covering because they're out there so early and it's so hot. Right now, I talked to my family this week, and it's 110 there this week. Can you imagine being out there in the field, nothing to cover you, and you're out there for hours without anything? No, they, they had something set up for them to take a rest. And that's what the field manager is talking about for Boaz. She's over there. She's sitting down. Um, and that's where she's been for a little while, getting her energy back. <clears throat> so Boaz takes the time, and he goes to Ruth. And he says, Listen carefully, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field. Furthermore, do not go from this one, but stay here with my maids. So don't go over into another farmer's field. Make sure you're here, and we'll take care of you. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Indeed, I have commanded the servants not to touch you. When you are thirsty, go to the water jars, and drink from what the servants draw. There is a difference between workers here that are hired hands to gather in his produce, his wheat, his barley, and those who are gleaning. And obviously he's going to provide more for those who are working for him for his harvest. And he's saying basically, you can go and do and get water and what you need over with my people. So don't act just like another gleaner. He's making a specification for her. Says, then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? Boaz replied to her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law, after the death of your husband, has been fully reported to me. And how you left your father and your mother and the land of your birth, and came to a people that you did not know previously. May the Lord reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord and the God of Israel under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. What I want to do now is I'm going to point out here this, he's acknowledging who his God is and who his people are. It's interesting, his great-grandson David, right? We see David using the same passage in actually Psalm uh, 36. So if you'll turn with me to Psalm 36. thirty-six seven says, And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of of your wings. David points that out. It's interesting to me. We don't think that we have an impact in the generations as much as maybe we we may not give ourselves credit for. But we see David here using that same passage that Boaz just gave to 
to Ruth, saying, again, let me read verse 12, May the Lord reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. This field is the Lord's, and you come here and we'll make sure you're cared for because we acknowledge the same God of heaven, the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It goes on to say that Ruth, I have found favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and indeed have spoken kindly of the maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. She's acknowledging, I am not one of your hired hands, but you care for me like I am. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is using Boaz in this way to care for one of his chosen, even though she was not an Israelite, but had been joined with one in marriage and had chosen to come with her mother-in-law to the promised land. Then it goes on to say in verse 14, At mealtime Boaz said to her, Come here, that you may eat. Now, get this, they're, they're going to be eating at a different place. His hired hands, his hired people, and those who are just gleaning from the field, those small little pieces, he's going to make sure that his workers, that he's caring for, is, uh, is going to have their part and be fed so they can go back out to work. And it says, he says to her, Come here that you may eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar so that she sat beside the reapers and she served her roasted grain and he served her roasted grain and she ate and was satisfied and had some left. It's very important that she save some of what she was being given, the bread, maybe some soup or whatever, because we'll see this in the later passages where she gives it to Naomi. But this is a passage that speaks of him pulling her aside and actually caring for her and saying, I'll take care of you. You've trusted in him. I'll put you with the people that I really care for. Now, I know that some of you guys have been jealous because the kids actually get uh, some snacks. And I love actually practicing what God teaches. So I, I got some grains and I got some oats this week and I roasted them. And they were mighty good. <clears throat> so, what you'll see in here, you'll see the barley, they're the, and you'll see oats in there. And the barley, the oats, hopefully you guys know the difference. Like, it looks like oatmeal, basically. You don't know the difference? I know you want food, though, because you always want food. And then you'll notice there's like little grains or little, uh, they're not nuts, but they're barley. And I've roasted them. Now, on one side, there's cinnamon roasted grains and nuts. And on the other, they're just roasted. So, as I come alongside, I'll tell you a little bit about this. And if you want one, you can have a cup. Don't spill this or Mike won't let me do another thing like this again. <laughs> Would you like some oats and grain? Okay. How are we going to do this, though? You want to help me? That would be great. Now he's becoming your servant too. So that's the cinnamon as with the post-it and there's the, the uh, cups. You'll hold? Okay. Would you like some? Okay. You don't have to. Would you like some cinnamon with it or not? Okay. Now, 
Have you guys ever seen a horse eat, just so you know? They bite down, and then they kind of do it, uh, grind it. And just so you know, you if you're going to try this, that's what needs to happen. I bit down really hard, and man, it hurt my feelings. So, when you bite down, do it gentle, and then go back and forth. There's that. Feel free. And I don't have water, so enjoy this. But listen to me. This is great, because... Women, you need to take notice of this. When I was getting the barley, there was little pieces. Cinnamon or? No, you're good. Cinnamon or? Plain. Okay. Just so you know, the barley increases your fat metabolism. So, you should be aware that if you need something like that, it might contra- it might X out the cookies or the ice cream you eat that night. So, that's, that's what I told Kara. She said, I don't believe you, but. <laughs> Cinnamon. All right. Jeremy, what would you... You don't want to try any? Okay. Thank you. Now, you guys are the healthy people. You're not going to try any? Okay. No gluten. You guys are healthy, too. Cinnamon. You're awesome. See? But listen, this is what Ruth was eating. They were roasted grains. Cinnamon. Okay. Would you like plain? Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Chocolate covered one? You're going to like it, Mikey. That's next week. (laughs) Cinnamon, right? Mary, can you help him so I can go on? Thank you. So, I don't want to take too much time here, but... As you look in there, you can basically see that the little grains here is what you'll see. They'd be uh, taken and processed, and all the shaft that's on there would be taken off, obviously. But I thought I'd let you guys know and let you participate in this because I found my new favorite snack, and I've lost about 10 pounds over the past three days. (laughs) No. But Rebecca loved it, too. So, Randy, you might really love this. You will be in shape in two weeks. <clears throat> Round is the shape. I love leading a small group in that preaching. Um, so we see here that Boaz basically has taken her away from just um, the people that are leaning, and she's now caring cared for by him. And in verse uh, 16 or 15, it says, When she rose to glean, Boaz commanded his servant, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not insult her. Also you shall purposely pull out of her some grain, for her some grain from the bundles, and leave it, that she may glean and do not rebuke her. Wow, she is actually allowed to take from the gleanings. And Boaz is saying, you know what? Before you tie this stuff up, I want you to make sure that she gets some of the best harvest. You see, the best harvest and what falls off is totally different. This will probably... Even though it's grain, and grain doesn't have a really...
horrible shelf life, she's getting some of the best. And God is saying through Boaz, hey, you make sure she gets some of the best here. She's trusted me. She's come to a different land. So we see that God's hand, His protection for His people is here for His daughters. And then the next piece is we see Ruth leaning and going back to Naomi. And in 17 it says, So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. Thank you. Wow, the cinnamon went fast. <clears throat> so it was about an ephah of barley. And um, an ephah, as I was researching that, is about anywhere from 29 to 50 pounds. An ephah for a first-timer out there gleaning is not beginner's luck. It was because God cared for her. An ephah, you take... I, this is all we had. We didn't have a milk jug yet empty. We had vinegar. So, about four and a half of these. Four and a half of these, when you're gathering just this, is impossible. But through God, you can do all things. You see, but she was getting some of the best of the harvest. She was the one that's given even better than what some of the workers were given. Because Boaz told his people, you let her do that. So she gathered in four and a half of those gallon jugs. <clears throat> and it go- says that, In verse 18, she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. Can you imagine that? First time in the field, first time gleaning. The average gleaner gets one of these, and she's coming back with four, and Naomi's like, whoa, what what happened? Where did you go today? Not only that, As she's coming with all that grain, all that barley, she comes out and gives Naomi what was left over from lunch. The bread, the roasted grain, it's already been cooked. Says Naomi, <clears throat> says, uh, she gave her what she had left, and in verse 19 it says, Her mother-in-law then said to her, Where did you glean today? And where did you work? May he who took notice of you be blessed. So she told her mother-in-law, with whom she had worked, said, The name of the man with whom I worked today is Boaz. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed, the blessing again. Remember I talked about blessing to our children. It's all over in the prophets and in the Old Testament passages of Torah. The blessings are big for our children. Start. May, the, may he be blessed of the Lord who has not withdrawn his kindness to the, to the living and to the dead. She's acknowledging that he didn't just do it for us. He did it because he's caring for us. Because we don't have my husband and we don't have your husband. 
The man is our relative. He is one of our closest relatives. Ruth said to her, Furthermore, he said, You, which was me, Ruth, you should stay close to my servants until they have finished all my harvest. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his maid, so that others do not fall upon you in another field. I have a tendency to think of the promised land as no problems. But Ruth acknowledges here that go out with his maid so others do not fall upon you. There was rape. There was stuff going on. And Boaz and Naomi here are saying, you stick in this field and we will watch over you. By God's people, she was cared for. And that's what's going on when Naomi says that to her. And finally, it says, So she, being Ruth, stayed close by the maids of Boaz in order to glean until the end of the barley harvest and the wheat harvest. And she lived with her mother-in-law, showing that she came home every night to Naomi, bringing whatever she gleaned, far more than that of the typical gleaner, because the Father in heaven cared for his daughters. Just as we're cared for today, just as Boaz was a, a figure of God in Ruth's life, We are a figure of Christ to our children. And we've got to teach them and care for those who are in need. For God puts it in His Scripture who we are to care for and how we're to raise up our children in the Lord. And in the same way, through Ruth in these passages, we can see how God cared for His two daughters. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.